welcome to a chat in a garden with significance blooms in athletics and sports. I am happy to see you or hear you or be with you on the first Wednesday in March. Yes, we time is flying, folks. I'm here to tell you. Time is flying. 2020 is going on about its way. And so just got a couple of announcements, a couple of shout-outs. Um, CIAA debrief, it was my first time going back in seven years. Uh, it was great, and it was really, really great because uh, both of my mentees came away with the championship. First shout-out goes to Serena King Coleman. Uh, uh, we have a special bond. Uh, because her husband worked for me when I was athletic director at St. Paul's, and that's where she met her husband. For many of you trying to figure out where is St. Paul's College, uh, it is in between 85 and 95, right before you go to the North Carolina line in Virginia. However, the school is no longer open. So it does hold a very special place for those of us who have an association with St. Paul's College, um, I am a Hampton University graduate, uh, but I will say I was raised uh, at St. Paul's College because that's where I got my first job, and I was there for eight years. And uh, it was funny. I saw a young lady at the CIAA who was like, St. Paul's graduate. And I was like, well, honey, I claim St. Paul's, uh, but I'm not a graduate. I do know your alma mater much better than my own. And so uh, with Serena King Coleman, is a former head coach at St. Paul's College years ago, um, and she uh, was winning there. She had she uh, won a division, and she um, had played a year, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and then she went on to Kentucky State and won um, uh, won the division when she was there, made it to the conference championship. And this was her third time making it to the conference championship of the CIAA as head coach of uh, Federal State University. Now, I know you say, well, she's a coach, but she uh, did dibble and dabble um, as an administrator. She was a senior women's administrator at St. Paul's College. Uh, she was interim athletic director for a minute. I could not get her to stay on that side. So since I couldn't get her to stay on that side, I supported her on the coaching side for that day. Y'all know I'm going to push it for that day when she stays on the administrative side. Uh, but, yeah, this was her first championship. I was really glad to be there to witness it. Um, it was a grand time. And a newly named athletic director for uh, Winston-Salem State University, uh, A.T.N. Thomas, also got the crown as her men's basketball team won the conference championship. And, um, yeah, ATN is class act. She gives credit uh, to uh, Tanya Walker, who departed uh, about, I want to say about a year, a year and some change ago. Uh, but she was uh, the person who hired the winning coach, Cleo Hill. And uh, so I, I thought that was so gracious and uh, just says what kind of class act ATN Thomas is. Uh, she gives Tanya for uh, laying the foundation. And many folks don't do that. You know you you know how the kids say, don't shine a light, 
you know, take this spotlight off of you, you know, it doesn't come back to you. But no, it doesn't, because it looks really great on your character when you acknowledge people who laid a foundation for you to be successful. So I I love it, I love it, I love it. I want to give a shout-out to my client, Avery Tab, which actually just propelled me to go to the tournament because uh, she signed on for the Speakers Bureau and asked, uh, you know, would I help her get some uh, speaking engagements on college campuses. And I said, Sure. Because uh, she worked for the NFL Partnership Manager for the American Cancer Society, which in, in so many terms is a player development uh, from um, an activation point of American Cancer Society when you see the uh, players wearing the colors, because now they have the whole, all the colors representing all cancers, um, and that's what they do. And and she takes uh she activates with players and so, um and and she's really looking to partner with your college campus and doing uh, I think it's catch for cancer, uh doing your football games, uh can you imagine, um, the atmosphere, uh you having uh, football players or having that type of activation. It's already a template. All you just need to do is just slide your, your piece in there. I think that's excellent. It's build community. And also it really, really does help your student-athletes uh, because it shows that you care about what's important to them. And uh, I think that's fantastic. So Ivory Tab um, is looking to come to your campus. If this is something, and now is the time to plan. Uh, for the fall to have a Catch for Cancer uh, activation on your campus, uh, please, please give me a uh, shout-out at Monique A.J. Smith at info. Again, that's Monique A.J. Smith at info. We'd love, love, love to partner you with Ivory Tab, NFL Partnership Manager, for the American Cancer Society, and we're trying to uh, uh, branch that out, especially, especially if you were HBCU, okay? So that's my CIAA debrief, uh, outstanding. It was just, let me just say this, it was so ironic how all the stars just lined up um, because uh, Ivory Tab uh, used to uh, uh, be uh, the agent for uh, the keynote speaker for the women's program at the CIAA, Sandra um, Richards-Ross. Um, she uh, was a keynote speaker of the women's empowerment, and uh, she had her as her client when she worked for AT&T doing the same thing with player activation. And so it was just so cute to see uh Ivory go to the mic, and um, just the dialogue, just like everybody else in the room just was invisible. They had their own little dialogue. And so it was just really great to be able to bring her um, uh, to to that event and not knowing who the keynote was, to be honest with you. Um, but just to be able to share, um, the, you know me, I love to connect people. That gives me joy. So, have a good week. Just trying to get back into the groove. Thank goodness I'm on spring break. 
Books are flying out of my hands, people. I just mailed 24 books yesterday. Other book uh, that I am in, the book is called Removing the Face. And my chapter is called The Public Figures Bass, Exit Stage Left. And so if you're wondering who should get this book, this chapter is written for women in leadership or high-profile positions that wear a public figure mask in their industry, but who are crying inside because of feelings akin to being misunderstood, overwhelmed, or viewed as an imposter. And this is interesting because uh, within another group inside of Facebook, uh, Christine Kelly uh, posted a question, um, posed a question uh, to the fellow uh, or sister administrators and said, you know, many have suffered some loss, uh, you know, this 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 an attitude check or just a check. And, you know, I thought it was just really interesting because she put labels of hearts uh, so that even if you couldn't want to express exactly what you're feeling, you could use the heart. And this remind me when you go to the doctor and you have pain and it just kind of asks you to, to touch the little smiley face or the frowny face of where you are. And um, I just thought that was so wonderful because, people, I know you heard that, you know, uh, the harder you are, the more you crack. So vulnerability is not a weakness. Vulnerability is a way uh, to to activate your muscle so it can be stretched and come back to form so that you don't break. And uh, that's really what my book is about. You know, it talks about being an athletic administrator and how you have to change your, your mindset. Uh, I heard something someone said about using outside resources to assist themselves in all areas. I had a hard time, and I'm going to be honest, it's cultural, because uh, I had an executive coach who said, y'all, I can't keep a house clean. I really cannot. I'm a junkie person. I'm a creative person, so I just need all my little stuff all around me. And my executive coach said, just get someone to pay somebody to clean your house. You pay somebody to cut your grass. And I did, and it's so freeing. But you know what stops us? It's our cultural mindset of what other folks are going to think. Thus, you need to get my book to change your mindset. Have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And your fixed mindset is based on putting on somebody else's brain into yours, based on somebody else's time period. This is 2020, people. 2020, why do you think we use Internet? Because it makes us more efficient. Uh, this is so cute. My aunt sent me uh, a cutout article about Serena winning the division. I thought it was so sweet because uh, she doesn't realize. And my aunt is 90 years old, people. My aunt is 90 years old, and this is how you communicated back in the day. You cut it out. You cut articles out and mail them and send a note. And she says, "Dear Anne, thought Tony, which is me. That's my nickname. Would like to see her good news about her friend. Excuse the writing." She's 90 people, but it's a, it's, I'm going to keep this always, this cute little picture. I said, my aunt doesn't realize that uh, I could get the article online. 
So understand that your mindset of what your family thinks is based on that time period. You in 2020, use that vision, all right? Use the vision of the future to create your future. So if you would like to get my book, please, again, email me at Monique A.J. Smith at Seeds, S-E-E-D-S, of O-F, Empowerment, dot info. I would love, love, love to send you the book. Um, I, I got, I think I have four more to do today to, to mail out, and I think I'm out of my stock. So I need you to click that button, uh, call me so I can send it to you. Yeah, I got four more books. So that would be uh, uh, 30 books that I have. No, let's see. Uh, yeah, 30, almost 40 books that I've already sent out. Love to put the book in your hand to help you, to help you. Uh, many people want to know about the advice. This is the advice I give. And interesting enough, when I was around the tournament, I saw a lady that uh, I admire most uh, from the sports arena, not the athletic arena, but the sports business arena. And we were talking about uh, not just business. We were talking about your life. And she was saying to the fact that she was trying to have more life. So it's not just us, but it's women and male-dominated careers. We put this pressure on ourselves because we know we got people watching us and we got to do, 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 do. Well, some of us get the B, 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 because guess what? That do will come do, do, and you're going to figure out how to get through that do, do. Why don't you listen from somebody else that has some experience? Get the book. Removing the face in my chapter, the public figure's mask, exit stage left. And I am here to tell you, there is life while you're doing what you love, okay? I am going to be in New Orleans, New Orleans this month. At the end of this month, I'm going to be in New Orleans March 27th uh, for Dr. Ashley Baker's event, Women in Sports Forum. I'm going to talk about, it's so interesting, because the young lady I just mentioned, uh, that's why I stopped her. I was like, girl, uh, I use you in uh, almost all of my workshops when I talk about know your who. It, it kind of based on the book, The Power of Who, but I'm saying you need to know your who, uh, because uh, the Women in Sports Forum uh, subject is uh, protect your brand. And uh, you need to know your who in order to protect your brand. Because many of you all know you're not going to get that next position based on you just sending in your resume. It's going to have to be who knows you and who can speak about you. And this young lady that, that works for, which I didn't even know the, the, the arena changed her name from the Bobcats Arena, the Spectrum Arena down in um, in Charlotte, uh, I use her as an example uh, because she she got another promotion in the last seven years. Um, but the fact that she was a college student at VCU and uh, her she was a manager, team manager for the head coach. The head coach's father was also an assistant coach at the Bobcats, then it was called. And so he spoke on her behalf to his father. The father spoke to somebody at the Bobcats, and she began to begin at the Bobcats. Well, the Hornets now. And now that she's, I got to update my presentation. 
um, because she is she she she's she's gone blown up. But I'm, I say that to say, who is going to be able to talk about you when you're not in the room, even when you didn't ask them to? Gotta know your who, people, and what and just gotta know your who. And you know, it's I think it's so cute when people try to name drop. I think that's just so cute. But you know, when you name drop, you got to be careful. Who is because you, if you know, like I know, is the lady uh, invited me to speak at uh, Bowie in May at this other program, and she said, "Do you know so and so?" Mm-hmm. You know so so. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, who is it you don't know?" I said, "I don't know," but <laughs> but you just never know. You never know. You never know. Okay. And so now has come the time. Oh, do, must must do my pitch for uh, uh, two uh, one book, another book, Surviving the Life, a Professional Athlete's Playbook to Avoid the Curse by Tawana Smith. Uh, it's a must get. It's a must get. It is a must get because it is a great tool for you to know what your student athletes can expect on the professional side. And hey. I must admit, uh, you know, for many of you all who think that your students may not see the light of day on the professional side, had their avenues coming out here. Shout out to Jay Shell Mitchell of the NFL who created his HBCU Combine, and she is reaching out. I mean, she is diligently trying to get your uh, football players at HBCU seen. And, uh Hey, what so happens if that happens as a connection and then they come back to you and say, Thank you for giving me that information or nominating me or making this happen for me and then I'm looking at this agent and you don't know what to say. Get the book, people. Get the book. It's on Amazon on three different formats. Ebook, audio book and paperback book. It's called Surviving the Lights. A professional uh, athlete's Playbook to Avoiding the Curse by Tawana Smith. Um, it's Again, the NFL bought the book for all of the participants in the Celebration Bowl. So if the NFL sees this is a great resource, you know this is a, this is a book that you should have on your shelf or in your um, e-book or audio book, which I need to get the audio book. I don't, I'm going to do that. So, and now comes the time to introduce our guest of the hour. Hey, I met this young lady at, uh, I had a black woman's sports forum um, held during my days when I was at CIAA. And uh, I think it was my last spring meeting, to be honest with you. And it was phenomenal. Uh, we had all these great speakers and whatnot. And this young lady came up to me, introduced herself, uh, as the new volleyball coach at Lincoln University. I've had my eye on her ever since then, and I am so excited to bring to the garden Keisha Milton, assistant AD, business manager, SWA, deputy Tower 9 officer for Lincoln University. Welcome to the garden. Hello, good morning, how are you? You hear your cheers? Keisha? Yes, good morning. Did you hear your cheers? Yes, I did. Thank you. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. And reading from your bio, you know, that's something you're used to there, sister girl. 
<laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, let's just jump right on in and talk about your journey from college to your current position. Um, okay, I played um the visual one basketball at uh, Robert Morris University in Pittsburgh. Um, shortly after uh, I played a little semi pro ball um in the United States. Um after that, I knew I wanted to stay in sports, uh, so I work. I started working part-time uh, coaching basketball um, at Bryn Mawr College, um, and then a little while later, a coach that I knew, he asked me that I want to continue coaching, and um, that's how I got to Lincoln University. I uh, still coach uh, part-time. Uh, I didn't take the easy route. I took the long route. I still had other jobs. I worked at FedEx. I worked at Macy's. Um, I did all the small stuff uh, while I get into the game. Um, and then a couple years into um, – coaching part-time, uh, I was able to get a full-time coaching job at Lincoln University. Um, and while while that stint, I learned a little bit about uh, compliance. Uh, I did a little bit of life skills. Um, and through that time, uh, I loved coaching. I loved being on the court. Um, but I knew that one day uh, I kind of wanted to get off of the hardwood. Um, it happened a little faster, a little sooner when I saw it about five years ago. Um, the position came open as a business manager, uh, and in my heart, I always know I could coach. Um, that's just who I believe that I am. Um, but the position came open, and I said, you know, let, why it's here, and I have the opportunity. Let me see um, if I like it. So um, I stepped out of coaching, and I missed it for the first two years really bad. Um, <laughs> but I was definitely excited for uh, the opportunity um, to move into administration. Uh, it was it was pretty tough, but. I definitely enjoyed it, and then the last three years, um, I went from just the business manager to uh, assistant AD and um, the deputy title nine coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I did a blink of an eye, and then bam, she is <laughs> up there. So, I want to give a shout out to my bookend, uh, Diantia Four Key, who saw something in you years ago. Isn't that how you got to Lincoln? Uh, I, I got there through Cyrus Jones. Everybody, know, I, I started with Cyrus Jones part time, and then uh, once I was full time, it was with, with uh, Miss Forkey. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's my girl. That's my girl. It was, it was great to see her uh, the weekend. Um, Brimar. Now Brimar uh, has a special place in my heart. That's where I attended. Uh, that was called Women Leaders in College Sports, but. I was a, a member of the 1999 class of NACWA HERS, which was in Bryn Mawr College. Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um, full transparency, I stayed in the dorms. I couldn't figure out why I was so cold. I mean, the place was cold, period. That's when I learned how to drink tea, to be honest with you. <laughs> But I didn't even know the window was open the whole time. I didn't even know it because it was like it wasn't like a straight window. It was like a like a little commissack thing, and so I didn't see it to the side that the window was open. Like a, it was like a little towel, and I was like, "That's why I'm freezing up in here." <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Um, so so Brahma has a special place, special place. So. And and I just want to backtrack a little bit because you did say it was hard for you. There are several, 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 um, several things I think you can can share because people always ask me for advice, and I say, look, you just listen to the podcast, you got all of the answers you need. So there are many people who want to go from coaching to administration. There are many people who just want to get their first 
step. And I heard you say you took many, many um, uh, jobs along the way. I want to talk about your mindset. I mean, you know, because something about when people start making money and go like, you know, I want to stick with this. How did you stay on track to get into athletics? Because there are people who are out there. I got a lady right now, and this is just for her, who's in human resources at the post office, but she wants to get into athletics. But she's, you know, she's hitting brick walls, and I just tell her it's relationships. That's why I told her to stick with me and everybody I know you know. So let's talk about your mindset and how did you keep on going. Uh, my mindset, it was just, um, I mean, I always felt, even from a young athlete, um, just always had some in me that was willing to push and not wanting to give up. Um, mm-hmm. But as you say, like, I had great people around me along the way, um, and I definitely give my parents credit as well. But um, And you can't be afraid of no because I definitely heard some no's uh, in between there. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes you have to do the things that you don't want to do, um, in order to get in and um, and also volunteering and uh, and just putting your face in front of people, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that helped. Um, so some days I did want to quit. I mean, I'll be honest about that. But um, if it's something that's truly in you, you'll you'll find a way to uh, to push through it. And I mean, and to have positive people around you also um, assisting that. Okay, so when you say put your face in front of people, what what did you do? Um, I would volunteer at different sporting events. I would uh, mm-hmm. volunteer at camps, and then um, eventually I would start getting paid for camps, uh, start getting paid for different things. But um, and when I first started, I was fairly young. I was 24, and mm-hmm. um, a former uh, head coach, uh, Andy Heyman, he had um, he would take me with him, and it would be all men, and they would say, you know, keep coming, keep coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Uh, okay, so you know, I just kept going in uh, places where, at that time, people were smarter than me. They had more experience, and sometimes I was scared to be in a room. You had guys like Jay Wright, Luke D'Alessio, those, I mean, awesome coaches. Um, mm-hmm. But I just learned to take from them and to, uh, you know, to try to pour it back into myself. Yeah, yeah, I saw Luke. I forgot <laughs> Luke was, was no, but Luke is at uh, Fayetteville State, and I didn't even know. That he was there, it just popped up again, yeah. and so I was like, "Oh, Luke Bowie, the Bowie uh, coach, because he was yeah. a legendary." Because I would travel with them um, in the regional, mm-hmm. and uh, we we weren't making noise back then. So yeah, you got uh, an animated coach to learn from you around Luke for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And his wife, look, and his wife ain't a quiet sister at all, sitting over there. <laughs> Look, look, that red hair is fiery for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my good friends. I really did. I really enjoy travel with them across the country. So, um, now my other question was, okay, so so you you took other jobs, but you kept on volunteering. And so then, how did you reconcile what was the thought, what was the flow chart for you to say Giving up coaching because it's going to help somebody. Okay. Um. Well, it's it's always something in you, and for me, family is really important. And um, and sometimes being a woman and trying to have um, what do you want to call it? Not so normal, a normal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um. I wanted to make a decision to. I felt like I, I missed a lot, though. I did. I mean, I've helped so many kids over the years, but I mm-hmm. feel like uh, my family, I, I miss them a portion of the time. And I kind of wanted to feel um, 
what it was like to have a little bit more time and be around my family and uh, mm-hmm. and those type of things. Um, so, like, that was my push, and it was scary, but I just made the decision that I'm going to do it. I mean, it was kind of like a cold turkey thing, like, do it now or never. And um, so it's more of a cold turkey just to go ahead and do it. Okay, so have you had the opportunity to hire a coach in your position now? How about yes? All right, so this is what I always say, folks. You can always hire a coach that thinks like you, but you can't hire a supervisor who thinks like you. Yes. So that's how I say with folks, especially, and I don't think, again, this was your case, but, you know, especially when coaches become frustrated how things go, I said, well, now is your time to go and put your imprint on the things that you didn't like when you were a coach, but you get a chance to do that. You can always hire somebody uh, that 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 you believe can coach the way you would coach, but you can't hire somebody to lead the way you would lead. And so, uh, and that that's how I got D4 Key out of coaching, uh, Ingrid Rick and McCree, you know, some of these are top female athletic directors who were so reluctant and loved the game. I said, you don't have to lead a game, you just serve the game differently. And uh, so kind of talk about how in this position you're serving the game differently. Um, serving the game differently, what what I do love about it is um, not only am I, am I able to uh, help in one sport, but being able to assist all the student athletes, male mm-hmm. and female, um, it, it's just it's just a uh, it's just a beautiful look for me, and I feel like I'm able to give back um, from me being a coach and understanding mm-hmm. sometimes their mindset and able to assist them as well. Um, but it's just a joy being able to touch everyone um, than just mm-hmm. the small group that I was able to touch before, um, and being able to have like a bigger hand um, on campus as well. Um, that's been really important. So uh, I, I've definitely been enjoying that part. Wow, that that's that, see that's some good information. Good information. Well, I have a a, a couple of questions for you. Then we're gonna go to break. Uh, Dave Morris is the college counselor CEO, and you might not know this answer, but we can talk about it. He would like to know the challenges in HBCU athletic leadership and address the situation at Cheney State from a perspective of a sister institution. Okay, um, I'll start with the first one, uh, challenges of HBCU athletic leadership. Um, I don't think I've been through, maybe because I haven't been in the administration long, uh, not a lot of challenges, but some some that I think of are uh, changing mindsets of individuals that are not in athletics or um, not in the HBCU realm. Because um, sometimes I feel like people look at us differently. Um, though we are, you know, we're still the same. Um mm-hmm. And just letting people know that we can do the job just as well as anybody else, and mm-hmm. um, and also athletic leader, athletic leadership uh, at HBCU and being a woman on top of it is also a little different. Because mm-hmm. um, just to be honest, I mean, uh, it is uh, male dominated and it's pretty heavy. So mm-hmm. um, just maintaining being who you are and still being able to lead, um, and just. I don't want to say hold your ground, but definitely being able to hold your ground and stand firm in what you believe in mm-hmm. um, is is always a, uh, I mean, is always key for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel the other thing uh, is having access to uh, educational um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like it's getting better. Um, 
for administrators, uh, you have like the D two eighty A things uh, things of that nature. Um, being able to have more people in like the NCAA pathways and different programs for um, like HBCU coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the other sense, I feel like our uh, our student athletes weren't always getting the same opportunities um, mm-hmm. as some of our PWR schools. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do feel like with the push from HBCU's administrators, uh, it's getting better. And um, I know we've also, even the CIAA, we do a different programming for our student athletes. So at least if they aren't getting it outside of here in, in the NCAA, they're, le- they're at least getting it through us. But I do believe um, it's growth, but we're – pushing to you know to have that happen for them well since you're talking about professional development i got to go back to where we first met uh the black women sports foundation yes yeah that was that was good so i want to give a shout out for those type of uh, uh programs and then plus i have my own programs advanced academy uh, the podcast is one of them and then i have the speakers bureau but yeah i mean um, and that's one reason why I continue to do sports, uh, I mean, doing professional development, because I loved it so much when I could see the growth when I was with the CIAA. And I was on the board of the Black Women's Sports Foundation, and they used to get their dollars from the NCAA. But then when they cut the budget, they cut that. And so I said, you know, we continue doing this. You don't, you can do this without the assistance of others, because um, other people found value what you're doing. So, a lot of it has to do with um, knowing the value of professional development. And I tell folks all the time, you got to learn how to invest in yourself. You know, I mean, even if the institution doesn't pay for it, you've got to go find, you gotta go find it for yourself. And so uh, that's key. Um, that's key. The, do you want to, can you speak to the second part? I, I thought that was interesting. Like, how are you supposed to know you at Lincoln? But maybe you do know. Yeah, I mean, um, I say that that is Cheney, and I mean, you know, we're Lincoln. Um, I don't really have uh, a perspective on the situation much, mm-hmm. but being a sister in, um, institution at HBCU, um, you know, you always want the best for any HBCU right. across right. the United States. Um, and we've all had our issues, to, uh, you know, to be honest. And anybody mm-hmm. could be uh, anybody could be in that situation. Um, but I feel like you know, people have. People haven't really lost faith in Cheney, um, and I feel like if people keep believing and um, keep looking for, you know, look, looking to the future and um, and continue to try to help them, I feel like uh, Cheney will be back to where they used to be, and um, and want them to know we're we're staying right beside them and you know and cheering for them. Yes, we, you know, you're right. That's something about our culture. It doesn't make a difference what school, um, you know, especially if you go postseason play. It, we we all for you, you know. Yeah. HBCU down. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna take a, a real short break here in Chattanooga Garden with Monique A. J. Smith on Survival Radio Network. When we return, we continue chatting with Miss Lincoln. Hi, this is Eric Smith, also known as the Financial Literacy Coach or the Money Coach. You know, financial literacy is the one life skill that every single one of your students is going to need in life. Without financial literacy, their life will be much more difficult, but with it, it's going to be much better. And there's no one better to increase financial literacy than the financial literacy coach. We can be reached at area code 770 527 
www.eric.4380-by-email-at-eric-at-the-financial-literacy-coach.com. One more time. Hi, are you frustrated at work? Do you want to know how to position yourself for promotion? Then Queen's Moves is the workshop for you. Why? Because as women, we need to know our value, be confident in our options, and seize opportunities when they come along, just like a well-played queen in the game of chess. My name is Michelle Larkin of Yumi Connections, and I have developed this online workshop to teach you how to think strategically, develop a personal strategy, build confidence, and create professional momentum. I encourage you to visit queensmoves.net for more details and more information about signing up and registering. This course will equip and inspire you to move like the queen that you are. Classes start November 1st. Royal Court for Us, established in 2017, is a jewelry and apparel company. Our bracelets and clothing designs use vibrant colors and come with their own purpose and meaning. Our company focused on empowering, inspiring, unifying, and reminding each other that we come from royalty, that we are strong and powerful, and it's imperative that we support each other. So check us out on Instagram at Royal Court for Us or our website at www.royalcourtforus.com. 14 years as a professional athlete, and I never once went into a game without a plan. But when it came to the money game, I had no clue where to start. If you're feeling the same way, I would like to help you evaluate, plan, and execute your way to victory in your finances. I'm Nakia Sanford, Regional Vice President with Primerica Financial Services. Give me a call, 404-940-9887. That's 404-940-9887. It helps to have a pro on your team. Why do colleges support student-athletes pursuing every profession except professional sports? Why are they treated as the students when they're athletes, knowing that they need help surviving the lights? I'm Tawana Smith, and as a former Division I and pro athlete and now best-selling author, I've created a transition system specifically for student-athletes called Surviving the Lights. For more information, visit www.survivingthelights.com to learn how we can change the game together. Welcome back. I'm your host, Monique A.J. Smith, here in the chat in the garden with Snippy Blooms in athletics and sports business. Well, I have a couple of questions um, that are on the general side, but I think this would be really great for you since you do come from the coaching side. Uh, and this is another one of your sister guests that's come join us at the end of this month. Um, uh I probably will say a first name wrong, Anessia Curry, the first female assistant basketball coach at Division One University. Um, she just would like to, to have the discussion. What is your reaction and response to the New York Times article, Where Are All the Women Coaches? Um, well, I will say this. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um I just feel like as being a former coach, um, it was right. it was actually it was just amazing. I feel like uh we just don't we don't talk about it enough. Uh-huh. Um 
And I also feel like if, uh, as a woman, if we give you a little piece, then, you know, like, that's okay. But um, it's 2020. We don't want a little piece. We want we want it all, right. <laughs> to, uh, to be honest. Um, but it, Talk I mean, a bit it's about silly. the article, in case somebody didn't know about what. What did the article say? Um, it, w- it was more about, um, you know, about women coaches and, like, uh, where are they. And, uh, so, and, and it talked about uh, a few of the – how how it's evolving where you have a couple assistant coaches that are in the um not the NBA uh the major mm-hmm. league baseball you mm-hmm. have one that's in um the NFL well you have to take two in the NFL mm-hmm. you have one in the NBA um mm-hmm. and now we have one in like the the minor leagues mm-hmm. and um Anisha Kerr, she's actually at uh, Division One School Maine, and mm-hmm. she is the only Division One female um, assistant. Uh, so it just talks about like where, where are the women at, and um, and honestly, like in in the men's sports as, um, as in women's sports, it is more than uh, it's more than half that men are coaching female sports, mm-hmm. and um, and they talked about how back in the day uh, when you know when. When collegiate sports first started, uh, about I want to say about ninety percent of the coaches were female. Mm-hmm. Um, and wondering how did it go from that high of a percentage to about forty-two percent? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just goes in and say like, where are all the where are all the female coaches at? And um, and just from being around, and uh, a lot of men actually want to coach female sports, mm-hmm. um, but Why do it's they not. Want to? Why I I don't know why I probably need to ask a couple of the gentlemen uh of mm-hmm. why they really want to but um you do have a lot of men that are in a game that do coach female sports um I've ha- I've had a couple male coaches myself mm-hmm. um but where are the females sometimes I don't know if it is um if it's space or opportunity and uh sometimes we have to push a little bit harder than than the male honestly to I feel like to get some of the positions um and I feel like for females coaching men's sports, it's still – it shouldn't be new, but I feel like it's still fairly new. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that is going to take some time for uh, for us to get into uh, male sports a little bit more. Well, I thought it was interesting because at the beginning you talked about how the male coaches brought you along and accepted you. How, why do you think you were accepted? Um, because I, w- I think I was purely hungry and um and I just wanted to learn, mm-hmm. um, and I mean my, I had somebody like put me in those spaces, so I, mm-hmm. I think the key for us to where are all the women coaches? I think mm-hmm. we need to be very intentional about what we do, where mm-hmm. we go, what we say, and who we surround ourselves with, because I mean if we sit back, we're not going to get any further than where we are. Mm, that's key. The, the key is being intentional. Yes. Being intentional. So Rob Knox at Townsend, who's a Lincoln grad, shout out to him. Yes. What methods or ways helped you conquer any career adversity? Well, once again, shout out to Rob because he wrote about me when I was in high school, like a 16-year-old. Um, wow. So I, I, I always tell him he's the reason why I got a Division One scholarship because he wrote so well about me. Um, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, so we have a, we have a long history. Um, but uh, some of the ways to conquer career adversity um, is honestly people like himself, 
former coach, uh, Andy, uh, former administrators I have, and currently have to shout out uh, my athletic director now, Harry Stinson. He is awesome, mm-hmm. um, and I just sure I just is. appreciate him for helping push me, you know, and be a better administrator. Um, so kudos to him. But um, just honestly, like being selective of who I, who I have surrounded myself with over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also stayed very prayerful and just never stopped believing in who I could be. Oh. Um, I knew who I was prior to administration, and I've always known that I could be that person, but uh, making the step to switch over, um, I knew I could be this person, but, you know, it took a little bit of work. Um, and in this business, you have to find your sense of humor. I mean, some days are really hard. Um mm-hmm. Because not only are you dealing with, you know, um, the business side of it, you have student lives in your hands, and uh, mm-hmm. some days these students are going through a lot, and so, and you have your own personal life. So some days, you have to you have to learn how to smile. You have to find a way to smile, and uh, without finding your sense of humor, it's going to mm-hmm. be a hard life and a hard business. So I think finding that is um, has been uh, pretty helpful. Um, so how do you and, laugh? Because I have a hard time laughing myself. I'm so serious. I waste money if I went to a comedy show because I'm like that don't make sense and you know you don't do that and like just like stop you messing joke up. How do I laugh? And you know what? A lot of it is um, my family. They keep me. Um, they keep me. I think sane. And mm-hmm. uh, just talking to them is somebody that really knows you, knows you better than anybody, knows you outside of the sports, knows you outside of your point. career. Mm-hmm. That simply knows who you are, and you can pick up the phone and call them, and they're guaranteed to say something. Um, and that's where you could definitely find it at. And uh, I just think that's that's helped through the years. And um, I think also like finding the valuable lessons that's actually in the adversity. Um, I'll be honest, being here at Lincoln, I've had a few administrators, uh, a few presidents. um, And in those times, just learning and taking from uh, those hard times and uh, Mm -hmm. taking those lessons and and building upon that throughout the years has also um, assisted and um, just doing what other people won't do, um, mm-hmm. so I can eventually do what I want to do. I mean, I'm my floors mm-hmm. I've the, took out trash. It's just uh, you know doing what you need to do, and just um, if you could do those things, you can do anything. And mm-hmm. I feel like you can't lead and tell people what to do if you haven't done it already. This is true, man. You sound like an old veteran, girl. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're going to get that just fine. And that's one reason why I wrote the book, because it talks about some adversity that uh, are pretty extensive. And so, um, you know, some things you just can't keep working your well through. You need to uh, use some uh, counseling services. Because all the job in athletics is so many moving parts. You, If, if, you, if you're not really a capital, it can really roll you over, and you don't even know you're being rolled over. That's true. <laughs> because, uh, again, I continue to say, depression for the high achiever is high functioning, and you don't even know that you're depressed until you it, – it, it's like you're so, moving so much that your hand is on the fire, and you don't even know your hand is burnt because you, you just keep on moving because you get people relying on you, and blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, that's why I wrote this chapter because – uh, the things I went through, uh, I mean, did make me much, much better because that's one reason why I spent so much time on professional development because I could see people going on the wrong lines. Like, oh, no, don't go there. Come on, come on this side. Come on this side. 
You know, and and one of them I can never forget. Um, one of the prominent ADs that you have uh, now, I saw her walking with some people who were totally uh, just everything was that ain't right. This is that da 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 da. And I said, look, stay positive, stay positive, be about solutions. And because she was being about solutions, she was the one chosen for a lot of opportunities. And she always says that I told her that. And I just saw her walking at an NCA convention. And it was like being around cackling hens. And I was like, girl, you are not a hen. You're an eagle. Get on by yourself and, 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 and do you. And uh, so that's why I say, um, yeah, because here's the funny thing. When I was doing it, there was nobody else. So it was I couldn't be around no cackling hands because we wanted nobody but me. And I believe that has a lot to do with my success, just like you. You were the only female in the male room, and you were listening, and they saw your eagerness, and you were the chosen one. You could you could have girls on the side, look at her. Who she thinks she is? Why is she over there? She needs to be over here. That ain't her job title. Blah, 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 blah. I hope somebody listening to me. I hope somebody listening to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the difference. That it don't it's not that you think yourself any better. You just want different. Right? And different's not good or bad. It is different. That is true. Girl, you know I'm up here preaching, I just can't help myself. <laughs> but, That's okay. My next question. Uh a person down the road from you. Nakia Robbins Thompson of Delaware State. Uh, what tips would you recommend to a young woman new to the field? What books have you read that shaped your leadership? And what women do you admire in patting yourself after? Hmm. Okay, great question. Um, I would say tips. Um, honestly, you have to stay hungry every day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you want to eat or not, you have to stay hungry. Um, say watch and learn. Um be comfortable with um, being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, that took a little while for me to understand, but uh, I get it clearly now. Um, and then I honestly didn't know until I knew um, to have mentors and uh, find people that are in the business and uh, mentors that are out, actually outside of the business so you can get mm-hmm. different perspectives. So I think uh, those are some uh, some tips that I would have for her. So who, okay, the next question was, what books have you read that shaped your leadership? Um, one of them was actually this year, uh, we read it, um, with our staff and, uh, we did it actually as a university, um, was Who Moved My Cheese. And oh, yeah, I thought, girl. I thought that was really good, um, to get it from different perspectives, per- perspectives, um, and just to have those conversations. And I thought, I thought that was really good. And, it, um, you know, it made us talk a little bit. So I feel like that's a good book to read, uh, with a group as well. Um, and another one um, that I read was The Culture Code, um, The Secrets mm-hmm. of Highly Successful Groups. Um, I did that with the Pathway Program. Um, I think the book was really awesome because that was one of the things we were going after was, um, like, organizational culture and groups and leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would, some some parts, honestly, I had to read twice to actually get what was going on. But um, I thought that was a really good book. And um, one more was uh, one of my old favorites was uh, Coach John Wooden. Um, mm. A lifetime of observations and reflections uh, on and off the court. Mm. So those were three that I really like. Now it's interesting because I think my last person 
Puck just said the culture code, and I'm thinking, I think, I'm thinking, I had a book, and I turned to my right. The book I call, I got is called the Confidence Code. So I need to go get this culture code, girl. Yes, it's good. <laughs> I'm gonna it's put that good. up in the follow up for the podcast too. Um, what's my other thing I'll tell you? Um, yeah, so I'm crossing my fingers because Harry and I talked about me coming doing a staff retreat. Uh, uh, I think he said May. I put something down. But, uh, yeah, I use books to do the staff retreat. And if you like, if you like um, Who Moved My Cheese, um, you'll you'll love the workshops because I use business books like that to create the workshops. And I'm so glad you said that you made you all talk because that's how how change happens. Change doesn't happen in silos. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so hopefully I can bring some of my, my books out of the toolbox. Uh, Who Moved My Cheese was, was a very life-opening for me back when I worked in Merlin Shore. Because um, it's, it's funny. It's like it's like today's commercials, the disruptive one. You've seen the one about the guy um, doing Super Bowl, and they had sap coming down uh, from the tree, and then he started making some type of alcohol. And you thought the commercial was about alcohol. But the commercial was really about uh, FedEx or UPS helping the entrepreneur out. Like you can be anybody become an entrepreneur because now you can distribute all your, your products. So it's like you slipping in being taught about something, but you don't know because you got a story. So that's how Who Moved My Cheese is. You know, you don't even know that you are being, your mind is going from fix to growth because you're talking about some daggone mice. <laughs> right. <laughs> True. And that's the way, that's the way. I mean, honestly, this is, I'm, I'm going to go spiritual on you. That's how Jesus did in the Bible. He told a story to change your mindset. So, that's yeah, that, that's why, that's that's why I love what I do. You hear me? I just get excited because you can see the lights and the people's eyes go, you know. And so I'm going to get the culture code and I'm going to tell you about it. Last question. Mm-hmm. What women do you admire and pattern yourself after? Uh, one, uh, I have to say my mother. Uh, she is a definitely strong woman. She's funny, and uh, no, it's not an option, never has been, so I uh, definitely appreciate her. And uh, Jill Wilson uh, from the consultant firm NCAA, uh, Jill mm-hmm. knew me when I was a part-time coach, and uh, I remember we were, um, we were getting ready to go from Division three to Division two, and I told her, I said, Jill, I know nothing about compliance. I didn't go to school for it. That sounds crazy now that I said that, but she left, and she said, can't nobody go to school for compliance like you'll be okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then to talk to her all these years, and uh, she got me to, like, the D2ADA, and uh, just having her around and being a positive impact and um you know, she's like, kid, I'm proud of you. Like now, like look where you're at from somebody told me that you didn't want to do this about 10 years ago. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate her and just how she is with people. Jill is just like pure personality. She's loving. She smiles. Um, she just generally wants to help people. So um, I like that part about her. And um, my third one is Jackie McWilliams, CIAA commissioner. I mean, she's just, she's awesome. She's a ray of light. Uh, I love her fight and, um, I, I love how she is with um, our administrators. You know, she she doesn't sit back. She talks to us. Uh, she keeps us motivated, and um, I can definitely appreciate her for that. 
Outstanding, outstanding. Well, our time is up. It's been a pleasure to have you here with us yes. here in the garden. Thank you. I have appreciated my time here. And I have to shout out, go LU. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sounds good. As always, I would like to send a, a prayer to Clark Garrison, our CEO and uh, of the Survival Radio Network. If it was not for him, we would not be going on for six years. And so uh, we have to give him prayers, and if anybody would like to sense the support for his recovery, um, send me a, a message, and I'll show you how to do that. Just send me a message at Monique A.J. Smith at info. I'd like to give a shout-out to my publicist, Nikki Curry, for identifying this great opportunity six years ago. Uh, join me next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for updates and showcast guests and podcast follow-up. Follow us on Facebook, A Chat in the Garden with Monique A.J. Smith. Have a significant rest of the day.